Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. It's the Wolf of Ball Street, the NBA Draft dude. Your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. My name's Corey Tulliba, and uh, Albert, Garbage Time Gim, is not here with us today, but we have the conductor of chaos at no ceilings. We got Tyler Rucker with us. Uh, Tyler, what's going on, man? Um, just, just enjoying the grind. I'm happy to be back on here. Pinch hitting, coming off the bench for uh, for Albert as usual. You know, Jordan, Jordan coming off the bench as we always like to joke. So I'm, I'm excited for this one, Corey. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing great. So Guardians of the Galaxy, it was amazing. Um, and but, but more importantly, uh, I invited you on because we have. A special guest with us today. We're going insider trading again on the draft deck um, with Dylan Jones from Weber State. Dylan, what's going on, man? Uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show. What's going on, y'all? Appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, run through a little background before you know we get into some conversation. Um, listed at 6'6", 235, played 36 minutes per game this year, averaged 16.7 points per game, 10.9 rebounds per game, 3.8 assists, 1.6 steals, shot at 46.2%, 30.3% from three, 81.3% from the line on six attempts a game, uh, true shooting percentage of 58, PER of 22.8. And, um, you know, I invited Rucker on the show because – I think, you know, Dylan, you are a guy who right now is underrated and is, is I think, kind of starting to get on the radar. But um, Tyler and I, we first, you know, became familiar with your game uh, about a month back, maybe a little bit over a month at the Nike Hoop Summit uh, in Portland when you um, played with the Portland Generals. So, uh, I, you know, being at that event, going to those scrimmages, you know, there were two guys who, you know, all the, the NBA teams were kind of talking about after the scrimmages. And you were one of those guys um, because, you know, you had a great showing and, um, you know, it was a really great opportunity to kind of show the kind of game that you had. So uh, I, I know when when we were sitting and, and watching the game, we were like, oh, this kid's got some some craft to him. He's got some shit to him. He plays with a little pace. And, you know, it's funny. You're you're playing against, um, you know, the USA in the world. And it's all like the top high school kids in, in the country or the top ranked high school kids in the country, at least. So I want to know, like, one, when you're going into an experience like that and you have NBA executives, um, NBA scouts from basically every team. Um, what is, you know, your mindset going into that, that situation to, you know, lead you to, to playing as well as you did, because, you know, especially after that first night, all the scouts were like, I can't believe that game was close. Those games are never even close. And I think it ended on a pretty shaky, uh, call at the end there. Right. So what, what was your mindset going into that game? Uh, yeah, going into it was just, um, honestly, I just was obviously grateful for the opportunity because when I was approached about it, you know, in my head, you know, just being a, you know, opportunist like I am, I just was like, of course I'll do it, you know, just because I didn't think about 
you know, anything about, oh, you're playing, you know, or because, you know, they didn't really pay for anything. So you had to like really um, pay for your travel and all of that. But it was just the opportunity to just be able to play in front of the eyes, you know, um, a guy in my situation, you can't just take that for granted, you know. So um, going into it, I just want to have fun with it, you know. Um, you know, I had a good year this past year. And um, I guess, like, honestly, what I did in the Hoop Summit wasn't no different from what I did all year in reality. Um, it was just, you know, a time I was able to show people that maybe didn't see it, you know. So um, that's how I kind of look and took that approach. I didn't put too much pressure on myself because at the end of the day, you know, it was just us playing basketball. But um, it was a good experience, and I'm glad I did it, you know, because, like, a lot of, you know, people, I, you know, I've talked to so far in the NBA world, like, a lot of them honestly say their first time knowing me was from that experience. So um, after getting that feedback, you know, it's definitely I'm grateful that I did it. You know what I mean? Because like, like, what if I didn't do it? You know, like, what, yeah. like who knows what happens? So um, I'm just glad I did it. And I think it, you know, is eventually going to work out for the best. And um, it's going to be, you know, part of, of a great story to say, you know, one day that I did that, you know. Now, when when you're at that scrimmage are you looking at these guys you know who are top ranked on espn's list and everything and kind of approaching it like oh i'm about to show these kids what you know what's up like what it's about uh well first like like i didn't know who none of them really was (laughs) one thing when you like when you get to college like all the rank like you really, first of all, you know, when they say you go to college, you forget about like all rankings and all of that. So like coming into it, I definitely didn't look like who's one, who's two, you know, like mm. I didn't think about it like that. But um, I did think about it as the aspects like I just wanted people because I knew like obviously them playing in that event as high schoolers isn't like a small thing. Like that's a big accomplishment for them. So like those are going to be the guys like when you look at next year's draft, they're going to be the guys up there. You know, they're going to be the same guys. So. I guess it was just an opportunity, you know, just to say, like, not just I went up against them, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be highly touted and, like, it's going to be – we're going to be in the same space at one point anyway. So, yeah, that's kind of how I went into it. I didn't think too much about, oh, he's one, who's two, who's two. Yeah. You know, I just kind of was just – you know, I know they're highly touted, though, so. Yeah, you know, LeBron uh, – Bronny James had a uh, security guard with him that was mean-mugging us all, all weekend. So, he was kind of hard to miss, but <laughs> – when so I spent a couple of days with you um watching you train um for the draft. And when I first met you, I was like, Oh, I just watched you at Hoop Summit. And uh you were like, Oh, how'd I play? Which was, you know, a uh, a cool response, like you know, kind of wanting that feedback. But the thing that was funny that I thought immediately, you know, we were talking about the the second scrimmage with Team USA, and you were like Man, I wish we had them on a on a real court. Yeah. To <laughs> explain it, it kind of explain why you brought up, you know, the the court cuz you guys played at a a high school court for that scrimmage. Yeah, they they were they were like they're so athletic. You know what I mean? And it's like like we almost was like crabs in a barrel almost playing them, you know. They're just like running and jumping and like trapping us. And it's like we're on this high school court. You know what I mean? It's like if we were playing at the blazers facility that night it's no way like it's no way they would have been able to trap us the way they did they would have got us a couple times no question but that combination of athleticism on a court that size was like completely unfair you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and i guess that was bad on our part maybe we should have did the same thing back to them you know maybe pressed them a little bit we kind of was just you know just kind of just going with the flow but they they called us because they caught us on that floor and there athleticism is obviously just through the roof and you know the the margin error is like this small but when you move the space on the court down even smaller that makes the margin of error even smaller you know what i mean yeah. so um a lot of guys turn i don't know uh what the turnover count was but i'm pretty sure more guys turned the ball over more the second night than they did the first so yeah did did you guys practice at all no practice yeah no practice. like you know, I, I mean, Rucker, more impressive than there you go. Yeah, because we were watching, you know, the, the USA practice, and they literally were practicing pressing. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, like they were actually they had a week of practices to do that stuff. So not only is that do you have the court, but you're also like coming in where you guys are kind of just like running like a pickup, like 
yeah. guys that you don't play with all the time. And they've they've been playing with these guys, not only at, at those games, they're kind of bouncing around to McDonald's and Jordan brand, you know, all that stuff. So they they have a feel for um, how they all play. But, you know, while they played so fast, Rucker, I think the thing that we noticed right away was kind of the pace that you play with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think even hearing what you're saying this whole time, Dylan, like, from from we had heard from one of our colleagues at No Ceilings about you know your game and kind of g- gave us attention about hey we got to pay attention to Dylan Jones and then we got to the Hoop Summit and I was like oh this is who Maxwell was bringing up and we started watching you and I think hearing what you're saying and understanding the mindset you had going into that you see exactly what you're talking about like you've been doing this all year like your playmaking the the pace you play with the game I think that's something that really caught the attention of all of us is just how composed and you'd have the ability to score and gravitate the defense towards you but also trust your teammates once that happens presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know you were doing like all of this all of these little crafty, you know, kind of veteran moves. So, you know, when you're on the court, like no matter how fast guys are trying to make you in particular play, um, you're able to bring them down to your speed. And I think that's something that's a trend that we see in the NBA. I mean, if you look right now, you're watching the playoffs. Are these guys athletic? Of course they're athletic, right? But all of the guys who are, are playing deep into these playoffs they're skilled and they play, you know, they think the game fast so they could kind of play slow and then use their athleticism to kind of turn it on. Um, I think this is a good time to kind of transition and get into your film a little bit and kind of show that off and, and get your perspective on, on some of it. Um, and I think, you know, this, this play here, uh, this was one of these, one of the things that we kind of saw at the hoop summit that you were doing where, you were kind of coming off these ball screens and then getting to your spots and kind of using your frame, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of getting, being comfortable enough that you know exactly where your spots are and you can get your shot off. So kind of take me through this possession and walk me through a little bit, like how you use your pacing in your body to kind of get your shots off. Well, so basically I'll start off at first and say, you know, credit to my coaches for that. Cause you know, they like early on in my career, especially as a freshman, I had a tendency of trying to play like too fast, you know, like young freshmen trying to play fast. But he like one of my actually the head coach now who was assistant at the time, he was telling me like, you know, you're not like we had a little guard named Jared Harding, who was like the all time leading scorer. And like Dame, like, you know, Dame plays with like really good burst and like slow to fast. He's like, you're not like those guys where you just like beat guys with your speed and stuff. You or a guy that can get to your spots, use your body, you know, and just put guys in kind of in like tough situations with your size, be able to make plays and steal over defenses. So he kind of transitioned me to like get to playing off two feet more and just being able to like read the game and kind of play a little slower. Cause he used to show me like when I get to two feet, I'm basically unstoppable. So that came, that's where like my pace came from is just learning like kind of like, I don't have to try to, cause I'm not like a speed demon. So it's like, I'm not trying to just, beat people off the dribble with crazy pace and crazy, you know, burst, even though I can at times, but that's not like my overwhelming strength. So in this play, we ran a lot of horns throughout the year. And um, in this play, I came off and I wish I could pause it. Dang. But I'll, where, yeah, I got you, you just got to, hey, you just got to yell at Corey. Come on. <laughs> that's you it. Pull I got Kenny you. Smith right now. I'll be like, freeze it right there. <laughs> if you, so if you go back, so I know, from watching scout that Sac State switches a lot. So okay. 11's our best shooter. So when he sets his ball screen, I'm reading the switch first, see if they're going to switch because they was trying to, I seen like in this game, this is our third time playing them. I was, I didn't know if they were going to switch or not, but sometimes they switched, sometimes they didn't, whatever here or there. And that's all, also, I remembered the call they were yelling. They were yelling like a white. Or no, they call it gold. Actually, that's what their switch called gold. And I know if I didn't hear that, I could, I could uh, turn a corner. But if you played a little bit, I noticed that they didn't switch. So my man already is fighting over this first screen. So then I got a second one coming, and I'm and at this point, look at his head. His head's looking at his coaches on the sideline. So at this point, I know I can reject. And then at 
if I'm able to attack the top foot, I know there's no way that he'll be able to hit, especially through my body, you know. I weigh 230, mm -hmm. so there's no way he can get on the side of my body. So at this point, I'm playing slow. And credit to my big here, if you pause it right here, like he notices me rejecting it. Mm -hmm. So he, he slips it, you know, because if he stays there, this play doesn't yeah. work. Right. You know what I mean? And also being that 11 on my team right here is in the slot. He's a good shooter. So like 20 is, yeah, 20 is helping right here at the nail at the initial, but he can't stay too long. That's where mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm, he's who I'm really reading. Cause as soon okay. as he clears is when I'm know I'm going to get to the free throw line. And then at this point, you know, this is credits to my strengths. At this point, he doesn't know what I'm really going to do on offense because, you know, at this point he's just kind of on my shoulder. And I just kind of got to my step back because, you know, law rules of physics, you know, anybody going the, that way and you stepping back the other way, there's no way they can contest it. So that's really how the whole play happened. Like I was reading the switch. It didn't happen. I rejected it, big slip. And then it just, you know, me using my size. So, I mean, Rucker, I'm not going to lie. I That was probably the best the most in-depth breakdown we've gotten yet with all the guys we've doing this. I'm excited. Let's, let's go, baby. I know. I was like, Hey, I, this is my cup of tea right here. We get <laughs> frame by frame. You even called out Corey and said, could you please pause it? I Where love you, it. So there yeah, you go. You, you take the wheel and I got you on, on any of those situations. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that that is so important because you average almost four assists per game. Um, mm. Like a quarter of your possessions were out of the pick and roll. And I mean, the just the the intricacies of knowing one being able to recognize you know play calls, um, and then knowing your personnel and knowing you know that the way that the defense has to guard based off that is is great stuff. Um, you know, uh, again here going back to your your step back and your mid range game and the step back spending time with you, um, you know, last week in in New Jersey, you could tell how much you work on it, how comfortable you are with it. Because, you know, some guys, when they step back, it's kind of in the same pace. Uh, it, it's all one speed. And when you get to your step back, it's it's a lot of time. It's like a hard dribble and a hard, you know, step back to really throw the the defender off um, and, and play with their mind a little bit. So walk me through, you know, this possession and, and what are you reading that makes you actually pull up there as they ice this ball screen? So, okay. If you pause it right here, so this guy that's guarding me is a freshman. Like, and I told myself, if he's gonna guard me, I'm gonna attack him. Like, we're in the big sky tournament, and like you're gonna put a freshman on me, like because he because he started on me the second game, and I knew he was like they he's kind of like their energy energy guy or whatever. So okay. I knew they were gonna try to put him on me. And like this is honestly a lot of a lot of this is his mistake because Steven again. They're gonna switch this if I get off of this going right. He he jumps the ice because they jump they ice with the big. You see him in the like he mm -hmm. never moved the paint. So they ice. So honestly, this was his mistake. And like you said, the change of pace on my step back, I really get that from Dame. Like if you watch a lot of like Dame clips, yep. Like Dame, like his step backs are always like slow and fast, you know. Mm -hmm. and yeah. like Violent. A lot of that too. But like it's like always like a like a lure to not like a lure to sleep, but like the second one gets you a real like obviously the ball in the pocket, but it also sets up like the player because you know he's not ready for it. So when I as soon as I rejected it, as you you could play, as soon as I rejected it, like he's at my mercy, you know. Yeah. I'm just thinking I'm going to the rim, and like I just pulled it back just because I seen that you know his momentum was going that way. Mm -hmm. you know? And you got that that big kind of steps up, right? Steps up yeah. to you, and he yeah. can't. He's too slow. He can't get out to you on right. on that play. Um, now, obviously, you know you're playing at the same school that Dame played at. You mentioned a couple. You know, you mentioned Dame. You mentioned him with his step back. Um, have you, you know, talked to Dame at all? You know, and, and picked up little things um, that you know the the kind of knowledge that that he has playing the guard spot in the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, one one thing, like, I when I've talked to Dame sometimes when he comes to Weber, it's like how to use your eyes, you know what I mean? He always says, talks about, like, being able to use your eyes. Like, if you watch him play, like, he's one of the best, like, rejectors in the NBA, like, off ball screens because he's able to, you know, think you, like, 
going this way, then like at the last second pull it. And like, you know, he's a obviously he's he's one of the yeah, in my opinion, he has the quickest change of pace in the NBA, like no question. And like he uses that to his like advantage, you know what I mean? Like if he if he get can get someone thinking he's going this way and he can go another way. Like that's one thing I talked to him a lot about is like using your eyes, you know. Like he talked to me when he comes to Weaver and like it's just about like use your eyes, you know, whether that's attacking or even like reading tags. Like mm. if I would have got to the baseline here and got to maybe read in like the corner and the or the 45 to make like a one more pass, kind of like the one more uh, mm-hmm. spot. Like just like looking one way and throwing it the other, you know, just using your eyes. Like that's one thing that I could say that I learned from is like use your eyes. I, and and you oh, you ahead, do that he, well you do that here you know talk about like making plays um yeah. in in hitting your roller you can I mean it's it's a little like smaller on the court but I you could tell you're looking at the shooter forcing that that one man to make a decision and not be able to kind of you know tag that and fully commit on the tag on the roller right so I mean you can see how how in, how much you use it in, in your, your game and, and how it's important. Cause your head is, it's almost like a no look. And, yeah. and in doing that, you're, you're completely fooling that back line help. Yeah. And yeah. also, and also like, it starts with like, if you look like, if you, if you go to like the start when I was about to come off the ball screen, like okay. I'm looking at the tag already. Mm. Cause like, so if you uh, uh, go back a little bit, so if you see where he's starting, like, look where he's at right now. He's, like, kind of at, like, the third hash. Yep. There's no way. I already know at this point there's no way that he can – it's, like, he's, whatever decision he makes, he's going to have to, like, commit to it. He can't play both, if that makes sense. You know, some yeah, guys – no, for sure. Some guys in the NBA, like Gary Payton, like, they do a really good job of, like, manipulating you on, like, which one they're going to do, whether tag or get out to the shooter. Like, Gary Payton is, like, one of the best I've seen in the NBA do it. So I've seen like this guy, like he's already too flat in his gap, basically is what I'm saying. So as I come off, I know he's like kind of just dead already. And all I gotta do is look him off, you know? Yep. Because then also, like that's why it's important to pass the ball with two hands, you know. Cause then if he takes the big, I can at least pull it back at the last minute and hit the guard. You know what I mean? If I would have just tried to throw it with one hand, it probably would have been a turnover if he committed to the big. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important that you throw the ball with two hands. So yeah, I mean, and that's you developing over a couple of years of college and kind of learning all of these little tricks and and nuances. And um, I mean, that's a, a masterful job. And you know, that's what the the best guys, the best operators do. They're reading these things and before the play happens, you know, you're manipulating and reading the situation even before you you throw the ball. Um, now, before we get more into your playmaking, because there's a, a, a lot to it, I want to go back to kind of that little in-between game that you have uh, because you also have, you know, a, a tremendous floater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, you shot, uh, according to Synergy, you were 48.6% on floaters this year, which is a very, very good, uh, number. And, you know, going through your film, I feel like this is kind of like one of your go-to moves where, you know, you kind of go to that spin right into that floater. Uh, so kind of break down, uh, this combo and, and how you kind of, you know, get guys leaning and, and take advantage of, of guys when you got them on their heels. Well, for, first I say with the, the floater is that like, you know, that's just me being like a student of the game and knowing like, you know, I'm not like I can't touch the top of the backboard. That's just the truth. You know what I mean? So knowing that I have to be able to still be successful in those spots, you know, especially in the in-between and being able to like, especially if I was grateful to play in the NBA, playing short roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you have that that shot has to like be like money especially in my position, not being able to like go to like try to challenge people at the rim as much. So I really drill it like a lot. Like every day is like, I have to drill floater, you know what I mean? Cause it's such a vital part of my game. You know, I can't speak for nobody else, but for me, it's a vital part of my game. So um, knowing, see, seeing this right here, um, I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> if you watch uh, John Morant a lot, he gets to this a lot, 
Mm. Like his game winner versus Golden State, his game winner at uh, when he played with Murray State um, to uh, go send his team to like the championship. It's like a move that you can hit a lot in transition just because of it's so much space. You know, you can cover a lot of ground. And if you can get one guy leaning, in all honesty, like there's no way they can contest the second one. Because like right before this play happened, I like drove it hard left and laid it up with my left hand. So like he already thinking I'm going to the rim. So it's like basically like a counter and a buildup off of everything, you know. It's not just like if you look at this play, it's a buildup of what happened previously. Mm. That makes real sense, you know. Um, but honestly, I, I, I've seen John Morant do this move a lot. And obviously I'm not in the game thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this job move. You know, I'm not thinking that in the game. But like I just know like if I get to that spot, and I'm able to like get over and shoot it up. I I can shoot it over anybody with my size, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Because like he's taller than me, but you know I still got the shot off. So yeah, especially you have him on your on your heels uh, or yeah. on his heels rather, right? And that's what you're saying. Like in transition, you have the space, and he's on his heels already. So um, that's, that's also like the slow to fast I was talking about. Mm. Like you know, drilling a lot with like my coaches and stuff like being able to not play like at one speed and just try to go downhill, you know, like that's, you got to get people stuff to guard, you know, initially the first one was the hang, you know, then if you don't come on, then if you come on the hang, then you go slow to fast, obviously. And then when you do that, you know, when you're able to play with pace like that, you become really dangerous. So. Yeah. Is that something for you doing that? You know, you talked about your coaches before, saying like, you're not going to blow by guys all the time. You got to play with two feet. Is that something that once you heard that, you kind of realized like, I got to get in the film room and try to get pick people or players like tendencies and what they've, you know, had success with, or is that something that you, you get on the court and you're like, I need reps. I need to play and just focus on that. Like, where was your mindset with that? I think it's a little bit of both. Like it'd be like me watching film of things that I've done in a game and like almost like not even know I did it and right. like be like, okay, if I did that, that means I must have liked something in that situation. So let me work on it. You know what I mean? And then I work on it. Then it's like, okay, that's what I'm a, that's my, that's just my thing. But also as it comes from watching people in the film room as well, just because like one thing I do a lot um, is I watch a lot of like good players, but in their older years, like yes. I watch a lot of LeBron like now. Like, it's good to watch LeBron in Miami, but I ain't going to play like LeBron in Miami. <laughs> but, but seriously, though, like, LeBron now plays with way more pace to his game. Right. Like, Luka, you know, Luka can dunk and all that, but, like, he uses pace really well. Um, Jalen Brunson, like, guards like that, like, watching those guys and how they play off two feet. Because, they're because like, they're just as successful, in my opinion, you know, and they – I don't know – how many dunks Jalen Brunson got this year? I don't know how many people <laughs> got this year, but like they're still very effective in what they do. You know what I mean? So if you watch a lot of players, like they're really effective in those spots, you know, even it's like Shea Gilgis, like he's really good off two feet. You know what I mean? So it gives you a lot, a lot more options to like scan and play the game. So yeah. Yeah. I, all the best players have that skill, that nuance, that pace, right? Like, footwork. like, yep. Yeah, like the it's so important, and and obviously the the NBA is kind of like upsizing too, which fits you know the way you play, um, because you're right. a big big guard. But like you said, like Jalen Brunson, he, he's maybe six feet tall. He gets to any spot he wants, and um, I think a lot of times people underestimate the importance of being able to get to a spot comfortably. Right. You know, like you might be able to shake somebody out of their shoes and cross them up and create all this space. But a lot of times if you're first to get to your spot and a spot that you're comfortable with, you might not have as much space when you're watching the film back, but you're so comfortably getting the shot off that it's, you're almost unbothered even if it looks like it's a tight contest. Right. 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 Yeah. All right. Let's uh, one of the things on, on this clip that I love, you know, we talked about how effective the floater is. Um, but as you get into it, I, I just, I love like, your pick and roll setups. Mm -hmm. I, I love like your in and out. Um, you know, even on this yes. reject, like you're using the the in and out to kind of fool him into the fact that he you might use the ball screen and then you're able to play play in space and get downhill and, and get to your floater. And um, you know, that kind of craft I think 
that's what the best pick and roll operators do. They they always keep you guessing. You they don't just go and use every single screen or try to reject every single screen. They're they're you know playing almost with the defender and and making them have to continuously figure out if if it's you know a new you know something they haven't seen before because you know the best defenders if they see something over and over they're going to be able to figure figure it out and kind of you know make your life harder so i, I when you play in in the pick and roll i just I, I just love all of the little all that stuff that you do that just that little in and out the hesitation the stopping you're big enough that you could see over you know the both guys showing um you know how much does you know that height help you even in, in these situations where you're still able to kind of see the entire floor uh it helps me in a lot of situations you know what i mean just because like you can be way you can you're way i'm way more i say you i'm <laughs> more effective as a scanner you know mm. scan scan like in my opinion the taller you are probably the more time you have to make a decision if that kind of correlates a little bit but like especially like in this play and um, if I'm like, if I'm being honest, a lot of my stuff too comes from like film, the film room. Like, yeah, I've seen, like, I can literally show you a play. Like, so this was this year, but I can show you a play last year where my teammate JJ Overton made this same, like identical pass. And I remember watching the game. I'm like, if they hard hedge, like I'm going to have this pass. I just like, from watching it, I like, I just knew like, because like the the backside defender, like he can't stay forever. So it's funny that this happened. And like, cause I remember watching the film, I was like, if this happens, like I'm going to be able to get this. But um, like in this play, I knew, like, like I said, that they were hard hedging me. And this is like in the clock. So if you pause it right you here, the retreat. So yep. if you pause right here, it's like, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Cause four in the corner, right mm-hmm. corner, he's a shooter. Three is a shooter. So he can't – 13, who's helping at restricted, he can't stay forever. It's just about me knowing exactly when to pass the ball. That makes sense. And no, also, for sure. Absolutely. Also, the strong side corner, like 11, he can't help. No. I mean, he can't help because it's 11 in the corner again. So a lot of it is with our spacing. Like, this doesn't happen if four is a driver and mm. he can just sit here in the lane. This play yeah. doesn't happen. So then I waited, and then I think I gave it one more bounce, maybe. I don't know. Did I give it one more? And then, yeah, it was just like the perfect play, you know? Because I told – we we coached our bigs before this game, like they're going to have to slip because they were going to hard hedge. Mm-hmm. And and I, and if I'm being honest, like it was hard this year because every team guarded my ball screen is different, every last one. Some teams went under. Some teams hard hedged me. Some teams said, we're not going to see this today. We're going to double them. So it was always interesting to see like what I got, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just able to capitalize on this play, but now, you know, I, I talked to um Ryan Rollins last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's another guy who played, you know, in a, a, a mid major conference and he had so much attention on him on a nightly basis that I asked him almost like do you think there's almost like an advantage of that? Cause a lot of times guys and evaluators will be like, Oh, they played in a, a smaller conference. So they weren't playing the best competition. But if you're on a team like Duke and you got all top five recruits on your team, right? Everybody is so talented that you, the defense kind of has to spread the wealth around. Do you feel like the defense is like really honed in on you this year? And that kind of like helped you, maybe prepare yourself for situations that, that you might see going forward through this, you know, process? Well, yeah, um, it's definitely, I think it's preparing me for something like bigger that I don't see yet, you know, cause when you, it's like, when you play with like, like so much, like when you play with so much attention on you and then like, cause for example, like we were like, I've done like a workout in the NBA and like, I was seeing like single coverage and it's like, is this what this feels like again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just the thought of it, you know, like way more space, way more. So it helps you in a sense where it's like when you were put in a position where you're like, not the guy that they're, I guess, doubling or whatever, your, your eye for the game changes completely. Like you're way more, in my opinion, you're way more, um, first of all, confident, but second of all, you're way more, you know, 
Like you're just way more smarter because you can you can just see everything before it happens. You know what I mean? Because it's like I don't know, like I don't know how to really explain it, but it's just like when you come play with so much restriction almost at times, you know what I mean? And you just kind of just like the chains are let off. It just like it just feels like a, a really good, you know, time. So um, I think it is an advantage though, to answer your question, yes. Yeah. You know, because it it helps you be able to play in like almost any space because if you can get through that you can get through anything it teaches you to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations right exactly and and that's like especially as a young player you know going forward in your career when you're young teams are going to test you and try to make you uncomfortable right like you know teams know we probably can't make lebron or luca uncomfortable they're you know too experienced they're They've been in the league for so long. There's not many situations they haven't seen. So they're going to see a player like you. They're going to try to make you uncomfortable. But you have already experienced so much attention on you that you could process these things maybe a little bit quicker than somebody who hasn't seen the type of like coverages that that maybe you've seen on such a consistent basis. So I just always think that's something so interesting for guys that play, um, you know, in at maybe schools that people don't think of as much on like a national level that there are some advantages to that just because you're the center point. You're the focal of attention every single night. You're the guy on the scouting report that is not just going to be, all right, look, we're going to guard him straight up and, and let's see if he can beat us. They have to throw multiple guys at you. So um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's interesting to, uh, to see. Um, okay. Let's uh, go through this clip. Cause I think there's nothing more exciting um for for draft guys than seeing a uh you know cross court like live dribble weak side hit out of a a ball screen so you know you you talked about like the importance of throwing you know those two-handed passes but you know you're also super capable of making these live dribble hits too um how do you know when to you know go at it with two or or make that live dribble with one I guess it depends on like the the not the not the spacing. I guess it depends on like um, the it has to be the spacing in my opinion because okay. like in this position like I'm going across the court if that makes sense. Like I get from one slot to the next, so it's like not only am I covering a lot of space, but the guy in the corner is covering that same amount. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, which yeah. makes his room to cover way much harder. If that yeah. makes sense, the ball's going to go faster than he can. Yes, recover. Cannot, cannot run the ball exactly. So, but like specifically in this play, like again, if you pause it, we know we're going to see if they switch it. But this is a smaller guard, so they're probably not going to switch. So. That's why it's important, obviously, you know, your big roll needs to roll hard, puts pressure on this guy in the cor- in this corner. I don't know, you can't see my cursor, but the guy at the left at the left block, mm-hmm. if he rolls hard, it puts a lot of pressure on him. You know, but again, like in this position I right here, I'm still reading the switch. Then like if you play it, they didn't they didn't switch, so now he's trailing. And then with that guy one foot in the lane, like with the that's where the like you say the height comes in that you know yeah. what I mean? being able to deliver this like if i was 510 i probably couldn't pass this like that you know yeah being six six like i'm seeing this you know and it's like no way he can contest this you know what i mean there's no way he can get to it and you know credited you know our guard or guard kj for getting it off fast uh, yeah because because not only can you make that pass to the corner, but you're obviously we've shown you're capable of hitting the roll man. So he yeah. also has to time it to where yeah. he can't he can't cheat that corner skip. He's yeah. got to be able to to get there for for the tag in case you throw the um the ball to the to the big. But yeah, I mean that's money right there to a yeah. shooter. Yeah. That's you're getting your your guys easy looks. Um and you know, you're six six, you're big you run a lot of those double drags and, you know, the pick and roll stuff, but, um, you know, you could also use your size, get down on the block mm-hmm. or in the mid post, right. Back somebody down a little bit. And that looked like Nikola Jokic right there, you know, yeah. left hand live dribble out of the post <laughs> cross yeah. court. Right. Um, 
you comfortable working out of the post? Yeah. So, and I, I didn't do this nowhere near as much as I should have this year, in my opinion, like posting mismatches more. Like I should have posted them way more in my opinion. But was that like I, a scheme thing or was that like you just not it, doing it enough? It was like, like it was kind of a scheme thing. Like obviously like this play, like I'm initiating, like, like, like my two years ago, like we did a lot of like Barclays, you know, dribble downs, what we call them. Like where you like, mm. dribble down <laughs> and put guys in the post. Mark Jackson. Yeah. Mark Jackson yeah. City right there. Yeah. yeah. So so we did a lot of that. And this, like, we kind of switched up a little bit this year. But it's just about, like, kind of, you know, we don't like the, like, if we can get to it easy, fine. But, like, we don't like to stare it down too much, if that makes yeah. sense. But, yeah. Um, yeah, this play was, so I don't, like, if you watch my clips early in the year, like, um, I'm going to wait till I get the catch. And I'm going to show you where my positioning is. So, all right, pause it there. So, this year I was passing the ball. Like, I would try to make plays from, like, here to, like, number four where he's at now. Okay. And, like, they would be turnovers, mm. you know, just because, like, I see the read, but, like, it's just I got to take a couple more dribbles in the paint just so the, the pass is more accurate, if that makes sense. 100%. Windows so, opening up, yeah. Yeah, you want everybody to kind of collapse on you a little bit. From here, you know, if you settle for like a turnaround fadeaway, the defense probably lives with that. But if you back down a little bit, you might not need to send help. Everybody's got to shift, right? Yeah. Exactly. It just puts the defense at much more. It puts more pressure on the rim and the defense. So this is the second half of the year. So just me learning from my mistakes, I take this ball just even a little bit deeper and it makes it pass way easier, you know? Like mm-hmm. I didn't get like tons of ground, but it made it just a little bit easier. Yeah, that's all you need, you know. So, um, but playing out of the post is a, a strength of mine. You know, just being able to post mismatch, especially in college, just because like you like like me, especially me and my skill set is like is very dangerous in my opinion, just because you have to live with something, you know. Yeah. Like, and it's always interesting to me, like when we start games, like who teams start on me. You know, some guys put their four man on me. Some guys start playing hard on me. It's just always about like what game, like each game I know is going to be different. And this game they switched it, so I just kind of rolled the rolled the post up. Have you have you like always been tall? Yeah. So when I was in so when I was in eighth grade, I played on my high school team. Okay. And, um, I was like six four then. <laughs> so I really started out like really early. I thought I was going to tap in at like six nine at one point, but. <laughs> This didn't happen, but yeah, I've always been like, I've always been big for my age, though. You know what I mean? I've always been big. Did did like playing youth ball? Did you know coaches just try to get you down in the post because you were were so big for your size? Like, did that help you develop some of the post stuff? Y- yeah, like you know, just being like, especially like you know, back, like I won't say back in the day, but like growing <laughs> up, basketball was like way different. You know, it was more like yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, man, and like post and duck and all of that stuff. So teams were like, I would have to do that a lot, and I became really good at it. You know, like my coaches and like my coach in high school, like I, I like rim ran. In all honesty, you know, what I mean, I did a lot of rim runs, and like <laughs> in my opinion, like I didn't know, like I, like I didn't know what it was shaping me for, but like now, like that's an aspect of my game that you know, just posting and ducking and like being able to post switches now is like. If I never did that, would it have, you know, been would I have that strength to me? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um that is something that I've done, you know, since since a since a kid, in all honesty, because I've always been the biggest player on my team, like always, especially growing up. So always played five and and yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean I think it's it's funny a lot of times a lot of like older coaches, because I coach high school basketball and I see it, like I'll mm-hmm. see a kid who maybe he might be the tallest kid on the court but he's also got guard skills and they'll just try to pigeonhole him into, you know, being like a big man almost. Um, So even still, you you see that even with how much basketball has changed. Now you mentioned kind of uh, in passing that like you might operate a little bit as like a screener out of the Mm -hmm. short roll. And this obviously isn't that like you're in a zone or whatever here and they put you at the nail, but it kind of, you can kind of use your imagination and see how you would simulate kind of like short roll passing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I think that that is like a really, really interesting uh, skill for you at the next level because you are big. You do have like a big frame and you can be used as a screener. And with the kind of vision that you have, um, I think that's going to be something you could really utilize. I, you see a guy like uh, Bruce Brown who you know played a lot of like guard and handled the ball a lot in college and now he's playing off of like Nikola Jokic and he's you know they're running ball screens for him and he's getting downhill um is that something you think you could you could do at the next level yeah I think I could and I think it's just you know because you got those good players like you know the dames and stuff and like Steph and it's like like you better double you know what I mean like yeah so if you're able to find like if it's a player like me that can play in those situations that, you know, obviously because the, this, these plays work honestly, because it's like, I like, I'm obviously aggressive, but like, I'm not just like, I'm shooting this no matter what happens. Like if that was my mindset, a lot of these plays and assists and all that would happen. Yeah. You know? So um, I think that is a strength that I have and I could do, do at the next level just because, you know, I could help guys like that, you know, that's playing, getting double. Like that's why Draymond in my opinion is so mm. good and valuable because you know, his they almost just like especially when they had KD and Golden State, like he his whole thing was he was playing four on three like the whole game because yeah. you trap Steph at the top, you play Draymond in the short row. Now it's like Clay Planet, <laughs> um, KD Planet, and whoever live at the rim, you know, and it's like or you can stop the layup. It's like that was basically their almost their offense. You yeah, know? it's unstoppable. It doesn't because yeah. you could play it so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like playing four on three at an at an advantage at a certain point, it like it's like pattern recognition, right? Like you almost don't even have to think. Like you'll you'll you can quickly see how the defense is going to guard it, but like you know where your options are, and like that's why I think like your quick processing on this play, like the ball doesn't stick here, right? Like they they make that little pass to you, um, and it's just a, a it's almost like a, a touch pass right right yeah. away to to your shooter. Um, and, and that quick processing, that point five style, like that's how like the good NBA teams want to play. Like, yeah, like it might bog down and your stars might have to go get you a bucket at the end of the day. But for, you know, a, a large portion of the game, everybody's touching the ball. Everybody's moving around. Um, now, I, I think, you know, we mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the show. You're you averaged uh, almost 11 rebounds a game, <laughs> you know, this year and and you know, you might be able to look at that and one season and be like, Oh, it's a fluke, but you did it the year before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so are, what, what goes into like the rebounding? Is it, you just have like a knack for knowing where the ball's going to come off the rim. Like, like how, how have you gotten to the, the point you have as a rebounder? Yeah, I think it's knowing where the, where the ball is coming off the rim, you know, cause I like, I, we talked about before like i'm not like jumping over people and like grabbing them and, like, right you know, like i'm not doing all that like i'm just really just out timing and out smarting people and knowing where it's going um i don't know if you guys heard the story but like you know just like you know i have an older brother that plays in germany and just like rebounding like he didn't really work with a lot of trainers growing up so like just always in the gym rebounding for him like always had me in the gym rebounding mm. and it was like I didn't want to like, and he was in there twice a day, all of that. And I didn't want to be running across the gym and doing all that. So I would just know exactly where it's coming. And like, it became almost like practice to me, you know, eventually, like when you do it so well, like if you, if you really look at like the managers on college teams and stuff, like they're like <laughs> really good rebounders, you know, and it's just because they just do it a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, like someone's just throwing the ball at the backboard and saying, go get it. It's really just the reps. You know, it's just like shooting. It's just like free throws. It's just like layups or whatever it is. It's just the reps. And um, I was grateful to have someone like that, not even thinking about it, but like I just had a lot of reps at it, you know, just knowing exactly where it's bouncing, knowing how to time it. My instincts just got really good at it. So that's been like the thing and how I became so good at it. So that's like the Dennis Rodman story. He said he used to just have his friends come down and be like, just shoot and let me rebound for a couple hours. So I love that. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I believe it because, like, you know, I don't know how Dennis Rodman was, what, 6'7", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Like, yeah. He wasn't, like, like, he was I know, like, he wasn't, like, just jumping over people, getting him. Like, he probably knew just, like, exactly where it was going. You know what I mean? 
So yeah, that's kind of how it originated. I believe it. That's such an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes complete sense. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> you know, you see, you see something enough, you'll be able to start reading it. Uh, but why it, it also was so important for you and like, um, you know, we saw like Kevin Love, who was so good at it early in his career too. Like he'd get the board and he'd like throw a hit ahead pass. He'd turn, you know, that that defense into offense almost where you're ending the possession and you can grab and go. And because of your passing, right, like you make plays for your teammates out of it. So um yeah, that's I, I think that's so valuable. And you know, you, you play in space here, um, in the NBA, like they want to get up and down the court. And if you can get that board and then go and then get your teammates easy looks, like you know exactly where your shooter is going to be, money, like it's it's such a valuable skill. I mean, yeah, and and, and like I think that's another reason why I try to rebound as well, just because I'm able to flourish in these type of positions like this, um, mm-hmm. knowing that like me as a four man, that's that puts a lot of pressure on other teams' defenses because that's not something that you like normally see. You know, you've seen it more and more nowadays. But, like, especially when I was growing up, you didn't really see it. It was, like, very unlikely that you would have a four-man like that. But it's still, like, today, like, a real advantage to have, like, someone like me that can play that position and just push the ball, you know what I mean? Because it puts, a lot of, like I said, a lot of pressure on the defense. So, like you said, this play just speaks to it, you know? Anytime I rebound the ball and push, I'm always looking opposite. Mm. That's my first look is opposite. Man, you know? I need to – I need to play that clip for the kids I'm coaching because I try to hammer that home. And you would, you know, you'd be surprised. Like, it seems like such a simple concept. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's for a lot of people, it isn't. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's where the space is going to be. Like to, teams are going to, you're like a magnet, yeah. right? They're, they're going to draw, be drawn to where you are on the court. And that that's where the space is going to be. So, um, and again, I'm a, again, credit to my coaches, like one of the first things, like, especially in high school, but, in college, the first thing they taught me is, like, if you can cross the floor, cross the floor. Like, you know what I mean? Because teams load their defense up on one side, but the minute you cross the floor, their whole defense and transition defense just gets out of rate. You know what I mean? So yep. I've just been taught that. So Yeah, and, you know, you, you kind of do it on on this possession as well. I, I love this, you know, because I want to talk about your shooting for, for a little bit, but I, I want to start here because it kind of – before it actually gets to the shot, you do a lot of the things that we've already kind of talked about. Like you get the ball, you hit it ahead early. Um, and then here you kind of pick and pop Mm -hmm. splash. Right. Uh, now, you know, I just watched you work out, uh, for a couple of days. I watched you shoot it. You shot 30% this year, Mm -hmm. um, for three, but you know, like I posted a clip on Twitter where you knocked down 10 threes in a row. Mm-hmm. Like you could shoot the ball for sure. Um, is that a point of emphasis that, that you've really been hitting hard uh, this, you know, kind of since the off season has started for you? Uh, Yeah, but it's just like what I've done like the past two years, you know, I'm not like, in all honesty, I'm not too like emotional about me shooting 30%. Cause like, like I have the confidence where I know I can shoot, you know, like yeah. I don't, I think I know I can shoot, you know what I mean? I don't really look at, I know I shot 30 from three, but like, I didn't find that out to the end of the year. Like I didn't know what I was shooting. Through, you know, if I was open, I was going to shoot it. That's how I yeah. really thought. Um, so yeah, I'm really working on it and just being able to like, cause I just got to keep going with it. Like my first year was like, just learn and get the reps and be able to make it go in. But this, this past year was like, get it quicker. You know, like that was like it, it, each year has been like a compelling thing to like get better at, you know? So I'm going to continue to just, Keep getting better at it. Keep getting it quicker. Being able to get it off, and yeah, so yeah. And I mean, you know, like for you, especially, yeah. like you got the ball in your hands so much. Whether you shoot shoot thirty percent or thirty five percent, like the defense is going to respect that mm-hmm. kind of the same way for you. Um, and also, a lot of it is like the defense is so focused on you. You're taking tougher shots for the most part a lot of times than other guys might. Um, but like I said, I I was in the gym with you for. I don't even know how long over the couple of days you're getting shots up. You can shoot, yeah. you can shoot the ball. So, um, and just eye test wise, I mean, you know, it, it looks good. You, you got the little gooseneck follow through there. When, when you are shooting the ball, well, what are kind of the things that like 
you know you're doing mechanically versus when maybe like you know you're missing shots uh definitely one motion um when i'm making a lot of shots i'm shooting it with one motion and like a full like motion just because like a lot of my misses are like short that's what i've learned like a lot of that comes from like like i guess how my like body moving up and down so um when i'm when i'm making a lot of shots i know is that i'm i'm either shooting in one motion or like i'm starting low you mm. know and just being able to just catch it low and then go right up if that makes sense you know a lot of yeah. times i'm just standing up i'm i gotta use a lot of wasted motion then dip then come back up you know that's so that's things that they teach you is like you know no wasted motion so um that's one thing so yeah because especially like as the game goes on and you start getting you know your legs start getting a little bit more tired that wasted motion might be the difference of like a quarter inch of make and miss um versus if it's that one shot everything compact and tight and smooth you might get that little quarter inch which which ultimately you know lends the ball uh to go on the hoop um but man i mean this was unbelievable film breakdown uh got you to to kind of coach me to through you know pause start which which i love um to really get into the nitty-gritty and the way we usually end this show because you know we do a little play on like the stock market is we do a segment called sell me this pen where we usually will you know like sell um do like a little elevator pitch a little 30 second reason as to why an nba team should should buy into a prospect so i'm gonna let you do it right now you know what is it about your game if you were talking to an nba team why should they invest in dylan jones uh nba team should invest in dylan jones just because of you know my approach to the game um how serious i take the game and i guess I would say, like, my love for the game, you know. Like, I play basketball for my love for the game, not because of things that it can do for me, and like, financially and all of that stuff. I play because, you know, it's been my life. Um, it's what I love to do. It's what I've been around my whole life. So that's honestly the main reason why I would say teams should, you know, uh, buy me. But also, like, just being able to just see, like, my skill set, you know, versatile. I can do basically about any role that anyone would ask me to do. And I'm not just saying that, you know, I've literally done it in college, you know. I started off as a role-playing six-man, you know. Then, like, then the next year I was a catch-and-shoot off-the-ball rebounder, basically. Now this year I was a play creator, playmaker. You know, I've literally done everything. And, like, it's, all, it's always just been also just what my coach has asked me to do, you know. At the end of the day, all I'm doing is whatever my coach has asked me to do. So I think when you see that and you, like, I feel like, that should be intriguing enough for a team to be like, we got to at least take a chance on him. You know what I mean? Just because you don't find that often, you know, in my opinion, a lot of players can do things, but not a lot of players can do a lot of different things and actually like back it up by seeing it being done. So that's what I would say. Man, if, if you don't know, get familiar with Dylan Jones game, because I, I mean, you, you saw the film, just such a fun skill set, such a, a skill set that, matches up perfectly to that mod to the modern nba the direction that the league is going um so you know we're looking forward to seeing you at the the g league elite camp congratulations on that and um you know best of luck so you know before we get out of here if you want to tell people you know where they can find you on on socials um you know now's the time yeah y'all can follow me on instagram at uh gfb.dj um that's where I'm at on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm Drizzy, D-R-I-Z-Z-Y, DJ23. You know, been my Twitter <laughs> name since sixth grade. You know, and I, <laughs> and let's I, go. I, I, I love that. Thought about, thought about changing it, but I'm like, nah, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a let it ride for as long as I can. <laughs> I'm going to let it stick for as long as I can. But that's where you can find me. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, thank you for doing this. This was uh... – a ton of fun and I, I think that not only was it entertaining i mean if you watch this you learn a little bit of how to read basketball 
you know, you got a, a more in-depth knowledge of of what guys who have the ball in their hands are seeing when they're in these situations um, at any level. So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to chop it up. Um, if you are listening to this on the No Ceilings podcast feed, make sure that you subscribe, share it, give us a five-star rating. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and share it because we got a ton of content coming at at you for the rest of this draft cycle. It's about to heat up. The draft lottery is uh, a week away, so um, it's that time of the year. And uh, make sure you you lock in with Tyler and uh, and Tyler on the Friday show. And until next time, we're out. Peace. <laughs>